welcome to the Drunk Dietitians podcast, co-hosted by your favorite tipsy registered dietitians, yours truly, Sammy Previtt, co-owner of Dietitians of Palm Valley, and Jenna Warner, owner of Happy Strong Healthy. Us dietitian besties can't stand diet culture bullshit and love keeping it real. Our mission is for all humans to believe that they are made for so much more than chasing a smaller body. We're also here to share with you that food can be fun and pleasurable again. Although we're medical professionals, we are human too. We are not afraid to share our deepest secrets and how years of our lives were taken by diet culture. We started this podcast so no human has to feel alone in their journey towards food freedom. So grab your favorite cocktail and join us for our favorite casual happy hour and expect to laugh, cry, learn, and grow. Cheers. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Junk Dietitians podcast. We are recording this right now, right after Mother's Day weekend, and you guys will be hearing this the week after. So we hope all you mamas, dog mamas, cat mamas out there had the best weekend and felt loved. And, you know, Sam and I have been reflecting about the episode that aired last week with my mom and the positive feedback that we've been getting about the ability to really dig deep and think back on experiences in your childhood and things that maybe didn't feel like a big deal at the time and realizing the connection that they've had throughout your life. And we want to first thank you all for sharing your experiences with us. And we really just appreciate the engagement and the listen. And that's what we're here for, to relate to you guys in the most authentic way, which is why we're recording this right now, because since we recorded this episode with the incredible Tracy Lockwood Beckerman, she's had some pretty exciting news that we wanted to acknowledge. Sam, do you want to share the big one? Oh gosh, I don't feel worthy. <laughs> but yes, I mean, we, Jenna and I were scrolling on Instagram the other day <laughs> and all of a sudden it popped up that Tracy is pregnant. So we just wanted to say a big congratulations and send our love after this Mother's Day weekend to Tracy. Um, and what a better tie-in to the entire episode that we talked about her book that had all things to do with periods and hormones and infertility <laughs> and all of these things. So we're just so, so happy for Tracy. Like, it's so exciting. And in the episode that you will hear next, we talk all about a woman's fertility journey and hormones and the connection to food and nutrition. And let's think back like quick, we recorded this in the beginning of COVID times. Um, mm -hmm. And I think it was the week that she had just gone down to Florida, I believe. Um, and maybe she knew and just didn't tell us, but what a little sneak. We're so happy for her. And we can't wait to share this episode with you. Her book, The Better Period Food Solution, is one that we reference a lot. And in this book, she talked all about hormones and how to eat your way to a lifetime of healthier cycles. So it connects it all. If you're a woman, if you're not a woman, it's an episode for you to learn all about the female reproductive system, the hormones that you never learned in school, and just really get a better idea of what goes on inside these beautiful bodies. Yeah. Awesome. So without further ado, let's get started with Tracy's episode. 
We're on. We're live. We're here. Hi, guys. Happy. Welcome back to Drunk Dietitians. We just had an awesome convo before pressing record that I clearly wasn't done with, but here we are. Um, I'm super excited to be here with Miss Tracy Lockwood Beckerman, who I got to say, the name The Happiest Nutritionist on Instagram <laughs> truly fits you. Um, I personally love listening to you speak. I think you have the most captivating voice, and I'm super excited to share your message with our <laughs> listeners, but also hear you talk for the next, you know, however long it ends up being. For those of you that don't know Tracy yet, she is based in New York City. She is the author of the Better Period Food Solution book that we're both holding up right now. Um, I'm going to order mine as soon as this is done, I promise. <laughs> I you, might have, you might have some extra reading time right now, Sam, so it's a good time to catch up. Um, Tracy is also the nutrition expert at Betches Media. Um, she appears regularly on the podcast Diet Starts Tomorrow. Your episode on there about this book was fantastic. I listened to that on a recent walk with my dog. Um, and she also has a series on Well and Good's YouTube channel called You Versus Food. I feel like there's so many other things that you also do that I'm probably skipping, but why don't you tell us a little bit, Tracy? <laughs> It's funny that you called out like the happiest nutritionist because I mean, this was probably over five years ago when Instagram was becoming a thing that you had to do professionally. And I sat down and I was like, what do I want my name to be? And I was like thinking about it and I probably was like smiling. And one of my friends was like, like, well, what about like you? Like, what's, what's so good about you? I'm like, um, um, I'm, I'm happy. Like, and they're like, okay, like just you're the happiest like dietitian. I'm like, mm. like it doesn't sound that good. The happiest <laughs> dietitian, and because you know, I'm sure you guys do the same thing. Like you're constantly correcting people. You're like, I'm a dietitian. Like I'm a registered dietitian nutritionist. And so I'm like, well, I think I can get by with happiest nutritionist. And then as we're starting to like use our names as registered dietitian nutritionist, I'm like. Okay, I feel okay about it now. <laughs> yeah. It totally suits you and it's a perfect conversation point, right? I know. <laughs> yeah. But it's true. Imagine if I was just like a gloomy like slug that was like that. <laughs> if you want to talk about periods. <laughs> I, know. I don't because I'm terrible. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I've been working with uh, in this field for forever. I was like 10 years old when I started asking questions about nutrition. And I was like, I wonder how I can make this into a field of science and food. And then behold, I was like, this could actually be a career. And I went to school, became an RD like right from the start. And then just fell in love with the science behind it, but also with the the aspect of how your brain really affects what you put into your mouth and how you feel about food. So it's been a journey. I've been able to do a lot of great things. And the book has been like my baby. It has been like the birth of something has that's been I've been so proud of doing and helping so many women learn about the complexity of the reproductive system, which nobody seems to be talking about, which I really hope this will change it. That is awesome. And we will absolutely be digging into specifically your book more and more throughout this episode. But before we go any further with, with the more nutrition related topics, we're going to do a little this or that game with you. So the first thing that comes to mind, you just let us know. Um, are you ready? 
Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. It's like the easiest thing ever. I make it seem like it's like scary. She just made that so serious. I know. I was like, <laughs> are you ready for these yeah. questions that will yeah. dictate your, your fate? Your future on this podcast. Yes. If you ever want to come back. All right. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Tequila or vodka? Tequila. Wine or beer? Shockingly, beer over wine any day of the week. What's your favorite kind of beer? Because I know I, people are very like, IPA. specific. IPA. Okay. Like I the would, really strong ones? Yeah, like the, oh gosh, the Delirium. I remember so I had that for the, I remember I started dating, he's now my husband, but I was dating this boy named Scott and we were at a bar and I was like, let me just get, I saw a pig on a, like a bottle of a beer. And I was like, that's so cute. Let me buy it. And he's like, let me get it. And he's like, did you read the percent alcohol on this? <laughs> and I was like, I don't know, like maybe, I don't guess not. And I get it. And it's like 10, it's 13. 10%, yeah. like, it's so crazy. good. <laughs> and I, and I, it was delicious. And I'm like, I am just going to have one of these because who knows what's going to happen. But I love beer. I went to school in Madison, Wisconsin. So I, I credit that. Yes. So now if you're, are you from Wisconsin or you just went no, to Madison? No, I'm from New York. Yeah. Okay. Are you a Lining Kugel fan after going to Wisconsin for a while or yeah. no? I think it's weak. Yeah. I'm, like it's like the summer shandy. It's yeah. just, it, <laughs> it's, it's not just the delirium. Fun. It's not the delirium. I, I like the, a strong tasting beer, even though like Milwaukee's best, like did just fine during flip cup and beer pong, but like, <laughs> Those, as I've, as my palate has just developed more finer, finer taste, I, I'm into the IPAs. Awesome. That's amazing. Um, snow or sand? Sand, definitely. But like, there's, if it's like pretty snow and I'm inside, that's cool. But if it's like dirty sand with like rocky beach, like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> Only We're a getting, specific type of sand. <laughs> yes. Uh, but you know what I mean? Like, there's nothing worse than a rocky, hard beach. And yeah. a beach that you can't enjoy. Yeah, yeah. No. And if, yeah, the water. I was just in Miami this weekend, and there was a five-foot shark swimming ankle deep on our beach. And I was like, you know what? I think I'm good. I think I'm going <laughs> to head back to the pool. And I'm, like, petrified of wildlife and water. And people were running around taking pictures. So, Jenna, you didn't miss much. <laughs> Catch up on what you missed. Um, so, I'm living in my bunker, okay? So. <laughs> All right. Only two more. And I'm going to throw a random one in here, Jenna, that we haven't done before. Um, and I think I already know her answer. I see. First, we'll do the, the usual. So, um, chunky or smooth peanut butter or chunky. crunchy, whatever. Chunky. Crunchy. Yeah. <laughs> chunky, monkey, crunchy. Same. <laughs> Damn. I, I, I grew up with the smooth situation, but then I needed, I still love, well, crunch is my ultimate factor I look for in any meal. Yeah. So getting a peanut butter with the little pieces of the peanuts in it are the happiness it's the happy factor <laughs> like yeah yeah i it couldn't agree more totally it elicits that response of satisfaction with like you biting your mouth and crunching down on something the same way that you're satisfied when you pop a pimple like it's I... <laughs> How do you how do you dispute that? Especially a period pimple. Oh my gosh, I love it. Okay, um, actually, two more. I lied. So, um, Lizzo or Cardi B? Lizzo. 
Lizzo. Okay. Lizzo beating. Yeah. Beating. One of our um, <laughs> interns put on here, fellow Lizzo lover on your bio. I'm dying. <laughs> yeah. So that's why I was like, I want to see like, is she just like Lizzo right away? Obviously. Oh. Um, <laughs> last question here. If you could have one thing for the rest of your life in limitless quantities, but it cannot be money, what would it be and why? Poached eggs. <laughs> Poached eggs. I'm dying. <laughs> That's amazing. Is that better? Like poached eggs. I'm trying to look if there's a chapter about that in this book. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. I love poached eggs so much. I think because I, growing up, I didn't like fried eggs, runny eggs. I was only like a scrambled gal. Mm -hmm. And as I got older, I always used to put like scrambled eggs, butter, and then on my toast. Like that was my sandwich. And then I realized I could just like cut into an egg and it basically is like butter on a piece of toast. So that's why I was like, I am really enjoying this poached egg situation. Plus with like the boom of avocado toast, make it more available for me, please. I dare please. <laughs> I just watched your, one of your you versus food videos where you were describing like avocado toast as your, with the egg as your favorite breakfast. And it I is. was loving it. it <laughs> hey, what are your favorite? Okay. Let's flip it. Let's <laughs> do, do that to you guys. We're getting interviewed now. No, honestly, avocado toast with an egg with my only thing is I had put everything but the bagel seasoning on literally everything I put in my here, mouth. Here. So it's here, the best. I mean, I'm a big poached egg fan. However, I can't make them myself. So I'm really into the fried egg that like then you flip so it gets crunchy, right? Ooh. And then so you just, it's almost like you leave it so it's a little bit runny and then that becomes like part of the dressing. I'm like, it's such a big condiment person. Like I want my food soaked. So like, I'll use that. <laughs> time to learn how to perfect the poached egg. I do, I mean, in my bunker. Okay. I, I highly <laughs> recommend that everybody tries it while they have the time. You know what? It's going to be my next TikTok is how I failed <laughs> doing <laughs> poached eggs. Wow. You're officially at that state where like TikTok is the first place. Wow. I know. It's that's, been, that's because for me, I, that's where like I grew the fastest. Like I'm still like scraping to get to that 10K up on Instagram over here. <laughs> but anyways, this is so exciting. Tracy, we're super excited to have you here. And honest to God, like I'm just going to tell the world, like I have my period right now. So I just feel like this is perfect timing. <laughs> I'm glad you have it right now. <laughs> I know. You know, so to be honest with you, I've shared this story many times and on this podcast as well, but I spent a year, I spent pretty much my whole life without a period. Mm -hmm. um, when I didn't get my period till I was 16 and I never got it again on my own. So I went on the pill at that young age, around like 16 and a half, I would say. And I remember the conversation with my dad and my mom at the dinner table where my mom was like, Michael, she's going on it because she doesn't get a period of like, this is so awesome. <laughs> like, kill me, okay? Anyways, so it was that discussion with dad. We got the approval and I was on birth control for a really long time. Yeah. Um, up until about three years ago. And two out of two and a half, uh, a year and a half out of the past three, I did not get a period on my own. And then you know, took my nutrition into my own hands yep. and knock on wood, it's been about 
close now to two years of a regular cycle for the first time in my 33 years on this planet. So this is something that is an awesome topic that people don't talk enough about. I have never researched it to the way that you have. And like I was saying before, we got on I the way that you take hormones and make them look like people in my mind when I'm reading and discuss them and make them come to life is something that every female needs to read, <laughs> like you know, and just really understand their bodies. So, like, ah, uh, before I just continue like fangirling over you oh, and my and that. my period, yeah. um, <laughs> can you yeah, tell us a little more? <laughs> yeah, I know, fangirling and period, we're just not ever in the same I'm sentence. <laughs> I'm so happy to hear that because obviously me doing this was out of my need for something that was going on with myself, but also as a a way to give back to the community of women who just aren't speaking up for, for their own body literacy when it comes to their period, when it comes to their reproductive health. So what I learned in writing this book was that I was treating myself kind of similar to you. I didn't get a period when I went off birth control, um, but I also felt like I'm a dietitian. Like I should know what I should be doing in order to get this back. But then you have those, um, those moments when you're like, am I actually exercising too much? Am I restricting the foods that I'm eating? Am I not eating the right category of foods? Is the quantity not enough for my own body? So I took a deeper dive into those kind of questions in discovering the research of, you know what, Tracy, I think you actually are working too hard at the gym. I think you are going to too many classes. You're not eating enough of, you know, the right fats, for instance. So I felt like as I was doing this research, I was getting healthier myself. So it's really, it was a gift for me selfishly, but it was also, as I was writing it, a true testament of if I'm going through this and I'm in this space of being a health professional, how many people out there are just searching for the right information and the right research that's going to help put their bodies in a position to have a healthier period? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I kind of just dove back into, I went to grad school. I grew, I dove back into it. I went through the research and felt that it was like I was I was kind of like pocketing information from this source and that source, but putting it all together in like a almost like a like a Bible of a period where, Bible. Yeah. <laughs> where you could just find it all and and without hassle. Like I was happy to do this because I love research. I love science. I love looking at the body head to toe. But people don't want that. They want to be you know, they want to read something and feel like their friends are telling them this information. So oftentimes, I'm sure you guys do this too. You read in a research article, you're like, that was really complicated. But how would I talk about it to my friends? Mm-hmm. How would I explain this to somebody with no information about health and nutrition? So I kept that in mind when writing. Am I talking to my best friend on the couch about hormones and how can I describe it? Is Beyonce involved in the example? I was just Maybe. Gonna say that. <laughs> Cue Beyonce. Beyonce. She just kept popping up as like the queen of hormones, like the top of the hypothalamus, of like the decision maker of everything she says goes afterwards. So so I, I'm so glad to hear that it spoke with it you landed. in a way that yeah, that you could understand. Like And like I said, there's so many times when you read something where it's overwhelming and I wanted this to be anything but. 
No, it's, it really, it land. The best way I can say it is that it landed for me and shame on me for not finishing the book before this conversation, but I'm super excited to keep going. Um, because I do see, and I know Sam, I'm sure you can chime in on this one as well, but the amount of people that I speak to now, and I think going through nutrition coaching from a new perspective of understanding the body even more and women and how sensitive our hormones can be, uh, or uh, that they are now, when I talk to people about their period symptoms and like what their periods are like, and when I hear how many people suffer with these insane symptoms and premenstrual and cramping and even skin issues or just the way that they feel how it takes over and it doesn't need to be like that. And Mm -hmm. I don't think people think that that is not normal. Right. Mm -hmm. It's giving a voice to those that were silencing themselves too. They probably Mm -hmm. thought that everybody had this. They were millions of women that were on the floor with these cramps, but you go into this a little bit further and you realize, no, that's not normal. And if it, warrants a conversation with your doctor. If anything, that's what this book does. Then I've done my job because that's the only thing that you could become is more educated and more empowered by this information. You've definitely Mm -hmm. done your job. Now we just need every woman to read it because it's so, there's nothing like it. I was actually looking yesterday in my bunker of my basement. I was looking at like all my old science textbooks and I have one book that I like was looking at. It's called The Plan. I meant to bring that up and it's like an old version about like periods and women and like taking your hormones back and it's all about weight loss and it's a horribly diet, like horrible um, diet culture glittery book that yeah. I wanted to like write. I should have brought it up, but yeah. I was distracted by counting my cans of tuna. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but you know, there is nothing like that puts it into a perspective of like, you do have the control and like right. you, if you're lucky enough to have the control to like make these choices for yourself, like there are things you can do. And, f- and it's just coming down to the food. Like there's a, there's a lot of research out there about medications and supplements, but it, it doesn't have to be harder for some to control it with food. And I put in here the equivalence of what food would be in terms of, um, vitamins and minerals and where you can find it. If you do want to go the supplement route, but it doesn't have to be that way. And you don't need to jump on medication without solving this for yourself. You know, the best thing that I found in working with clients alongside while writing this book last year was that people were coming to me to help with their fertility first with food. Now, fertility is one of those puzzles where everybody has their own journey with it. But I was finding that in my practice with food first fertility focus, that people were reclaiming their periods with healthier eating habits first. If it wasn't going to be corrected with food, then of course there's so many other channels of which people needed to go through in order to get pregnant. But if somebody was able to eat differently and get their period back, that spoke so powerfully to to the power of food. Like that was such an aha moment um, just for me and uh, for just the, the impact that education can have on people. Yeah. So for, so, so for people that are listening that don't know anything about your book, right. Or maybe have never heard of you before, which I doubt 
that's happening right now, but just to give, to give the idea, to give the idea of how you came to writing this book, like your personal story. And then of course you don't need to give us like the spark notes version of the book, but like the main, the main takeaways from the book and kind of how it breaks down. So like how you got to writing it, your passion project of it, and then kind of those big takeaways from it. Right. So I figured that if I wasn't getting a a period, what was that saying about my health? And looking at your period as a measurement or indicator of your health is actually, they're quite synonymous with one another. So as I was learning more about amenorrhea, particularly hypothalamic amenorrhea, which is when your brain and your ovaries don't communicate to spur a period, um, I was wondering what can I do with food to help bring on a period. So I created a, a so there are a bunch of chapters in here, but one of the chapters that I fell into was the chapter on amenorrhea because there are so many tiers of it. There's a lot of characteristics. So I was able to really outline the things that are nutritionally backed by science or science yeah, nutritionally backed by science, but also that we're looking at like diagnostic criteria. So I looked a lot at journals from um, from the gynecology boards and and finding what people can do um, when they have a conversation with their doctor, what kind of questions they can ask. So the book is a bunch of chapters. The main chapters that people are really resonating with, the amenorrhea, the PCOS, endometriosis. Um, there's also a chapter on fertility. So those are like the big ones, but I had to include thyroid hypo and hyperthyroidism with how that impacts the cycle. Um, so those are the main conditions that I go through. Um, but then what I love doing, and this was something unique, which I kind of came about while writing it, was something called food cycling. And food cycling mm-hmm. is a kind of play on the entire um, menstrual cycle, how there's a bunch of different phases during the menstrual cycle and how Mm -hmm. you can eat differently during each phase to support that cycle, whether or whether you're not on birth control, whether or whether you're not trying to get pregnant. It's just whether you're trying to maintain your sanity (laughs) (laughs) and, uh, and overall just wellness. So I was able to break down those into four different phases. Eating in one phase is very different than the next. Um, And then looking at science of why your hormones are a certain way, why you should be craving these foods versus those foods um, during that phase. So it's a lot in here. I like for no joke, like people will only read the chapters that are pertinent to them, but it's, you know, fun for just education purposes of reading like, how is this all connected? Like, mm-hmm. how are these all playing in under the same hat right now and all working together? Because it's, it's, it's really, it's a physiologically, physiological mat, like miracle of how it all works. It so mm-hmm. is. And like, those of you that have not read it, and I'm sure after this episode airs, the Amazon sales will be boosted because like, it's also funny. Like it says on here, <laughs> new phase, who this? So like, you know, like it's funny. It's a way to understand your body. Like this is your body. And I think for so long, like even in my own life, it was something that I just didn't get a period. Like it, and it didn't bother me because I didn't understand when I was younger, like what that meant. And yeah. then as you fall in love, 
love or not, or you think about, you know, getting older and like wanting Mm -hmm. to start a family and like the impact that that has on your future. I mean, not taking care of yourself is, is not an option, (laughs) you know? I'm glad that you brought up that it was like somewhat humorous because (laughs) I've had so many times where I would meet with a client and we talk about, yes, we talk about food, but we talk about like the medical implications of what happens if you can't have a period, what happens if you don't know if you're able to ever become pregnant. And those are serious topics. Those are not conversations that you will bring light or laughter to. So what I was trying to do and adding a little bit of lightness to this was to alleviate some of that pain, to, to, to really take off a little bit of that stress. Because if there's one thing we all can agree on is that more stress is not going to help you get pregnant, help you get a period, help you feel better about any situation that is going to impact your food eating habits. So if there's one thing I'm glad that that is resonating is that if this is anything but stressful, it should be fun. It is fun. And there's diagrams. I'm like, you, you're learning. Like it's really, it's really a fun way to kind of just take some control back and like understanding. And I do find now that more women that I work with want to understand yeah. some of the science, yes. but they don't want to read the journals. I don't even want to read the journals. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. They're not fun. Oh. But so if there's a way that it can be, for lack of a better term, digestible for people, yeah. you know, that's the kind of information that we want to put out there. And again, like this is a, a topic that is not only under discussed, but also something that is very, if you're lucky enough to be have that control, like you can make an impact on. I also find that PCOS has been so highly discussed, I think now more than ever. Do you see that at all as well? Like more diagnosed even? Yeah. You know, it's funny. I, uh, in the last five years, I've seen more PCOS than I thought I would ever have seen in my life. Like even during my education, we probably just skimmed over it. Mm -hmm. We probably headed a little bit more like, sorry, that's my dog. I'm going to mute now. (laughs) Amazing. It's like, you got PCOS girl. Yeah. Uh, we, you know, we talked a lot about like endometriosis or more, more clinical conditions. And I've been realizing that that doctors are very quick to diagnose PCOS. So this is a caution for everyone. If they've been diagnosed with PCOS to look at the criteria, look if they've hit all three of the symptoms, which I go through in the book, but also get a second opinion. If you don't, if you are not convinced or you feel like you just want somebody who can explain it more to you. I, I, I am just seeing it a little bit more often where doctors are seeing one of the symptoms and then kind of saying, oh, you got PCOS, everyone has it. The same type of shrug for, oh, you have this stomach problem, you have IBS, no problem. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and it, there is a little bit more of a health implication with PCOS as women are trying to reclaim authority over their periods, as they are trying to perhaps go off birth control to learn about their cycle to get pregnant one day. So it is putting people in a state of like hysteria of, I have PCOS, do I need to eat a certain way? Which Mm. is not necessarily the case if you get maybe a second opinion, which, you know, may prove it to be, um, you know, not true. Mm -hmm. 
I was diagnosed and then it was taken away. Sorry, go ahead, Sammy. (laughs) No, no, I think that's an interesting conversation. I also think of so many people that are our age, older, younger, but like birth control was just kind of like a, like, I know for me personally, I was like, oh, you're going on birth control. It was just like a part of what you were doing. That's your path. Yeah. Yes. And I think it is, it is important to acknowledge like birth birth control and access to birth control and oral contraceptives like is a privilege that women can take it and to like reclaim their sexuality and not have to like worry about pregnancy. That's kind of like a whole nother conversation. But in the same breath, I think it's not, it's very under talked about of like our cycles and our phases during the cycles of like our luteal phase and like what's going on with our hormones. And it wasn't until much more recent in the past years where I was like, oh, like, yeah, what is supposed to be happening in our body? And like, what's going on? Because I remember in fifth grade, like us getting a talk that we were like gonna have a period and they handed us like a brown bag with like tampons and like a pad in it. And we were all like afraid <laughs> like that we were gonna start bleeding and that it was like a morally like a bad thing. Even and- in a brown bag, like they could <laughs> like a pink bag or a polka dot bag. No, and I remember face. they like, and they like split us up from the boys and like we were all like hiding the bags because we didn't want the boys to see like the tampons. Like I vividly remember this and thinking right. like it was bad if you got your period. And, and that's then the shame starts. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's just like the weight stigma and the the weight sh- like bias and everything we see in diet culture, but now with like periods. Um, like it's okay to have a period and it's okay if you like bleed through your shorts or like whatever the hell happens, but being able to talk about like what's going on in the cycles and what's happening in your body, I think is so important. And the amount, like our normal client, and I would assume you girls, depending on what clients are with, like we usually see women average age around 41 years old, the amount of 41 year old women, give or take I've chatted with that don't know what's happening in their body with their cycle, majority. And wow. It's, it's crazy. Even if they've had children too, wow. sometimes, which is sometimes crazy to me. But so I yeah. think this is really like an, a really an important topic of mm-hmm. just understanding what's going on in your body. It's and so important. Getting into like the minds of a fifth grader. Mm-hmm. There's like, that's really when, I mean, even before that, when, when people are going through puberty, like there's, we start dividing as we get to, into our, into our tanner stages or into our, (laughs) you know, and that's one of the first ways that you ultimately take a turn towards embarrassment. And if you're going off with your girlfriends and the boys are going over here, it's putting shame on you. Like there should be absolutely no shame with a natural necessary reproductive function for humankind like that that needs to be nipped in the bud at such a young age so I'm so glad that you know I have a cousin who's you know in her uh, 11 12 13 like all of them are like I I want to see your book you wrote about periods and I'm like oh my god I'm so glad to be like (laughs) about this with you and 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 I'm I I see that there is hope in really cracking them at a younger age to be able to feel more comfortable with this. Um, Hopefully starting in the schools, because that would be, that would be an incredible place for education. Yeah. That's a great point. 
Do you guys remember the day that you got your period? Like, I so remember I that day. percent. Right? Like, my mom was, I remember my mom was out of town. My mom's never out of town. Ugh, like, happened. she wasn't home. And I was, like, 16. And I remember my dad, like, knocking on the door, like, you okay in there? And I'm yeah, like, no. Like, nothing's okay. Like, I don't know. What like, what do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's so true. Don't you feel like the same way that you remember, like, you know, your first period, like those are the moments that really shape you. Like whether it was a traumatic experience or just like, okay, like another day at the beach. Like those are the moments that are ingrained with you. And uh, you know, it's, we're so impressionable. It's so true. Right. Like that, that day, whatever. Your dad would have no idea that he was like, he's going to be horrified if he ever listens. (laughs) (laughs) Skip over. Sorry, Dad, it's not for you. <laughs> but it's, it's yeah. important to talk about. And I think as, you know, the, the generations really differ of how we look at health and our bodies, I think. And so, like, um, Tracy, you don't have children, correct? Or do you? I'm sorry. No. Okay, I didn't think you did. Um, so all three of us, right, we don't have children yet. So looking at, like, how are we going to talk to our future daughters or sons if we choose to have children? and like create those conversations and how is that going to change their habits or their relationship with their body and um it like you said it, it starts at such a young age and it's so important to yeah. to phrase and, it in a certain way what's going on right now with you know I, I mentioned my younger cousins like they're also able to call out like this girl's too skinny this isn't right with the detox teas like i i'm very hopeful that that this this new wave of awareness, whether it's from social media or just overall, um, just like shaming publicly of what's right and what's wrong is going to bring another sense of authority that these young, like these young brains have over, over education, over their rights, over their powers of, of what they want to do with this world. So I, I think it's, it's, it could go in so many directions from what you guys are doing with diet culture to what I'm doing with period health. Like it's, it's, it's looking up for the future. I'm, I'm hopeful, but I'm a forever optimist. But. <laughs> <laughs> Again, why your Instagram name is yeah. perfect for you, but <laughs> I couldn't agree more. I mean, I do see that impact happening. I, I would like to see it even brighter, mm. but I think that it's progress and like now more than ever. And I think that, you know, by the time this airs, hopefully this where our, our world is right now will have calmed down. But, you know, right now it is March, everybody who's listening and the coronavirus is a hot topic. And now everybody's starting to think about their health, maybe a little bit differently mm. and understanding like what you talked about, Tracy, the connection between your brain and your body and how food makes you feel is a topic that is worth talking about and spending some time understanding whether you're working with a dietitian or you're not. Like you can eat something and take a scan of like, how did that make me feel? Maybe for the first time. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's like such a powerful message. Yeah. We all have a little bit more time now to tune in. It's so true. I'm laughing now, but when we hang up, I'm going to go like call my mom and cry and just like figure out what's really happening. I know my brother just flew home from 
um, California to my parents in upstate New York. And he is like the germaphobe to the oh, max. And he like DM'd me this morning. He's like, I haven't slept in two days. Whatever he just posted, I thought that was our cousin. Like, who is that person? Like, like, he's like, I can see that. I love you, Jake. Like, he's freaking out. So I know it's a, it's a, a time of unknowns. And as professionals in the space, we're also okay to say that we're figuring it out alongside everybody else. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. That's really important. Definitely. So I want to talk just a little bit briefly, because I know we've talked a lot about your book, which will at the end, definitely have to tell us where's the easiest way for people to order it, get a hold of it, get a copy. But I do want to talk a little bit about your media presence, because that is one of the things, (laughs) yes, that I know more about you. But again, I'm getting this book as soon as we get off, as long as Amazon doesn't shut down. Um, (laughs) We'll see. Um, But so I love just like your snarky, um, funky like attitude on your videos. So kind of tell us how you got into the media field. Like what, what were some of your first projects and now what are some of like your favorite things that you do with media? Yeah. Well, I remember the first article I was in was by um, Time Health and it was about the Twinkie and whether or not the Twinkie was, there was a moment when the Twinkie was going to be um, like extinct like they were going to banish the twinkie and <laughs> my opinion was like fuck the twinkie get it out of here like we don't need it and from there i realized that of like people reaching out being like fuck the twinkie like the twinkies are the best thing in the world and uh, you know at that time i was like it's made with garbage like are you kidding me come on and i guess i realized that as a dietitian you can have your opinion in the media you can be one side versus the other. And as I started writing more, I love writing. Um, I got phone calls um, and emails from different publications asking for my opinion about things. And what that turned into was me forming my own opinion about topics like, um, like chia seeds. That was another big topic I wrote about in the beginning of my media presence was what, why were people experiencing so much bloat from chia seeds? And people didn't realize that like, you gotta be easy with chia seeds. (laughs) Like, this is not like, 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 like water. Like you can't just douse it. You have to go very slowly. So I felt like I wanted to talk about topics that people didn't talk about that people felt empowered after reading. Um, so I started doing more of that. And then opportunities came along where I was able to do more podcasts and do more video series. And more recently working with Well and Good has been an amazing experience because I'm able to really debunk people's scariest thoughts about apple cider vinegar or (laughs) too much avocado or nightshades in a way that I'm presenting the information of what we know and giving pros and cons and then giving my opinion because I'm not here to make decisions for people. I'm here to lay out the information. I don't know people's backgrounds. I don't know what's best for them. And as an authority in the media, I'm not giving my, my um, advice to a widespread. I'm giving the facts. Mm-hmm. So within creating these videos, it's, I'm glad that you liked the snarkiness of it because so good, I love it. 
it's education. Education doesn't need to be so black and white, especially in a time when people's attention spans are being pulled in 20 different directions every minute. So if you can make it a little bit more enticing and entertaining, then so be it. Um, but yeah, I've been loving to do these YouTube videos on uh, well and goods, you versus food as the, um, the, the professional debunker, but also uh, fact giver. <laughs> yes. So good. And amazing nutrition puns. You always yes. have so yeah. many. How I can you it. be a dietitian without like excellent puns? Like, oh God, like it would be fun. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm a normally a corny person in general, but to be able to like weave that into my daily practice is just like bonus points. <laughs> I also love like, and everybody needs to listen to the diet starts tomorrow podcast episode with you on it, talking about the book too, because it dives into a lot of different topics on this. And I just love how you like reroute conversations to like bring them back to like the funny, the educational and like land your point in yeah. all of them. Um, I love that podcast side Thank note you. and I Thank absolutely you. love their, um, what's the right word? The way that they jive together. But yeah. the three of you together is like such a fantastic trio and that episode and the ones that you've done with them are fantastic. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, it's with any of these topics of health and nutrition, you're always going to have opinions. You're always going to have, I heard this, I heard that. What's best for me? What's best for you? But my job is to stay in the middle lane. That's how I personally operate. So I'm here to give the facts and let people make their decisions for themselves, not to tell them what to do. Yeah. So perfect. We need more of you in this world. <laughs> um, but just keeping track and mindful of everybody's time, can you tell us, we always end these episodes with something called a nutrition tipsy, which I think that we've hit a bunch of them today. But if there was like one or two main points that you wanted to drive home to our listeners from this episode, um, what would those be? And then also please tell everybody the official name of the book, where they can find it and where they can find you. <laughs> um, yes. So I feel like there's no right or wrong in nutrition. That's been a, a big motto in my counseling and my own prescription for myself. But I feel like there needs to be a, a softer language around food. There's no bad foods. There's no good foods. There's just foods. So I feel like the neutral aspect of food is what I want people to continue to practice and being kind to themselves in a time right now when you need more forgiveness for your own health and the decisions that you're making for your own life in a crazy, unpredictable situation, which we're all kind of experiencing for the first time that most people in this world are experiencing for the first time. Um, and for my book, so it's called The Better Period Food Solution, Eat Your Way to a Lifetime of Healthier Periods. And <laughs> I wish it said one meal at a time, but the font, we couldn't do it. But <laughs> um, and uh, you could get it on Amazon. It's available there, Barnes and Noble online. Um, and I'm uh, the happiest nutritionist on Instagram. Um, and that's where you can find it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the nice thing about Instagram is once they find you on Instagram, pretty much I'm sure they can find your book, find your website, find everything that, you know, your videos, everything you need is in so, that one place. What did we do before LinkedIn? 
tree and those, <laughs> like, right? Like how you'd have to decide what would be in your bio. The most important thing. <laughs> yeah, that was always hard. And you'd be like changing it depending on what you had going on. And, yeah. Right. So it's confusing. I know. Okay, I know. Well, Tracy, well, thank you so much for spending this hour with us. We so appreciate your time, your amazing energy, and all of your incredible information. Well, thank you both. Virtual this water is- cheers. I know. <laughs> Trying to boost our immunity over here. I know. Stay safe, stay healthy. Wash those hands. Wash your hands. Yes. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thank you. Right, bye. Guys, thank you so much for listening and being here with us. I am virtually cheersing all of you. We absolutely love sipping on a cocktail with you and sharing as many nutrition tipsies as possible during this episode. We know there are a ton of pods out there and we are so appreciative of your time that you spent listening to us today. Please be sure to check out the show notes for episode details and all of our guest information. We promise to keep bringing you the best and the most knowledgeable and fun guests we possibly can. Please be sure to subscribe, like, share, and post if you enjoyed our content today. And visit us on Instagram and Facebook at Drunk Dietitians to find out what is up next for us on the pod. We absolutely love you. We appreciate you and can't wait to spend more time cheersing with you soon. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig, inspiring kid confidence.